Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome back. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady with my co-host, JC. Hi. And we have a very special guest, Tina Kuga, who's here to talk about small business and HR in a small business. Hey, Tina. Hi, Wendy. Hi, JC. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> so we're gonna continue our conversation uh, about small businesses, but I really wanna talk about employee relations. And this is in relation to really any size business. If you have three employees or if you have 3000 employees, if you are not, if you don't have somebody in your organization to be prepared to handle employee issues, you're you're going to fail. Um, will your company go belly up? Probably not, but you probably are going to make a lot of mistakes and missteps that could be incredibly expensive. Wendy, not surprisingly, a survey by the payroll service Paychecks they found that less than fifty percent of a small business owners. Uh, of of all small business owners are very confident about the way that their companies handle HR, believe it or not. Yeah, and I could totally see that. I mean, we just talked about that with their competitor, ADP, saying the same thing. And it's it's so, so important. I I um get calls often, and, and I know many of our listeners too, uh, you know me, I'm always like, hey, call me, I'll help answer your problem. I'm not gonna charge you because I just want you to stop doing what you're doing. And I'd rather you <laughs> ask me a two minute question and me be able to give you a two minute answer than you go screw it up and lose employees and, and worse, you know, get some kind of lawsuit. But um, again, so many small businesses and Tina, I think you can confirm this, you and you know, your husband uh, opening a business together, opening multiple businesses. It's not just a, a benefits insurance company, um, but opening many businesses, running them all at the same time. You you both have the advantage that you have the HR um, experience, but most don't. And they don't even know that you're <laughs> supposed to complete like, you know, a tax form or get somebody's identification to see if they have the legal right to work in the right. United States. Right. <laughs> well, I actually have a great story tied to that. So this is a really good example of what happened in my office. So at um, one point in time, I had a small call center. Um, it was a sales call center. We had about mm, maybe 10 employees on that end at the time. This is a few years ago. And so, um, lo and behold, an incident came up between two employees, and um, it was a female and a male employee. A uh, female came into my office one day and asked to talk to me privately, and threw out the word, uh, I don't feel comfortable working with one of my, you know, next to one of my coworkers. And so I started probing and asking specific questions on that, and it led to basically her feeling, she, she said the word, the dreaded word, harassment, uh, sexual harassment. Um, um, and again, not everybody knows exactly what that entails or means. So it's a very powerful world, word, excuse me, phrase. Um, but also as well, you know, the red flags start going up. And so 
having the HR experience and being in employee relations, thankfully, I knew what steps to take. I knew to start interviewing everybody. I knew to start taking statements. I knew to document everything, you know, following up with, you know, the accused, so on, so forth, and coming up with a resolution. But I will tell you, when my um, business partner husband found out about it, he started basically freaking out. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it because he just didn't even know where to begin. Because it's it just goes with business owners too. When they hear something that serious, like oh, discrimination or harassment or you know unsafe workplace, those are scary terms that a business owner may not even know where to begin, how to start, or how to even accomplish what they need to accomplish. So again, I've done training and development. I've actually taught harassment classes in the past, but knowing when to get a trusted partner. At the time, I was so busy trying to get this business up. I also had my insurance agency. I was juggling too much. Even though I had that background, I wasn't doing it on a regular basis. So lo and behold, I called up Wendy and asked, you know, is there any way that maybe you can do a, an, an inclusive um, you know, harassment training for my employees, and then I'll have something to have for any new employees coming? So I knew when to kind of pull the trigger on that and to say, hey, I can't do this all myself anymore. I need to have someone that specializes or can help me with this. And it was well worth me doing that. Yeah. And I, I remember getting that phone call and it, it's not a, um, it's, it's not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, the, the thing is, for our listeners today, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is try to be proactive and not reactive because many states do require, like in this case, harassment prevention or inclusivity training, but not enough do. And so we just don't do it. Now it's recommended, it's all over legal websites, you know, even on, on uh, state. Um, regulations, but it's not always required. But one of the first things you're going to get asked if you, you know, get a lawsuit, even if it's just through the EEOC, where any employee can go and file a complaint is, have you done any training? And Mm -hmm. let me look at that training. And so harassment is huge. I personally, now when I do harassment training, I have one actually in uh, New Jersey on Monday, Um, when I do it now, I include everything in it because who wants to go through harassment training? It's not fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, but, you know, I try to just do, Hey, let's talk about respect and let's talk about what professionalism means so that we can start there and say, Oh, by the way, in in your state or in this country, but in many States or specific laws, here's the laws. Some states do require intense training. And so you're going to have to do that separately, but please folks get proactive at a minimum, get a handbook um, that is simple and specific to your organization and make sure that it is toned down so that every employee from every educational level can read it and understand it. And then not only just throw it at them, um, actually go through it and explain it and onboarding. Yeah. So um, another thing I think that's important, especially uh, for small businesses, is that um, developing that culture and just how you communicate uh, with your employees. Um, For me, I've really set the stage and I've wanted to establish an open communication forum um, with my employees. I will constantly go up to them and ask them for ideas. 
I'll, you know, I'll be like, oh, okay, we're working on this project, for example. Um, what do you guys think? Or what can you contribute? And they love that. They love to be part of my vision. They love it to see, you know, the company grow. So it really matters on establishing that kind of culture, um, depending upon the industry that you're working for, um, and having that in place and keeping that throughout. And make sure that you practice those, uh, you know, great practices. I do have something interesting here for you from Entrepreneur Magazine. And they did state that they had three specific ways to manage employee relationships for a growing business. And they further stated that a good place to start is with a shared goal. Make that shared goal and stick to it. With open communication and a stable culture to boot. Two more things to further think about. Encouraging open communication and maintaining your culture along the way. Tina, as I took a glance at this article, I, I swear you could have wrote it. Let me tell you. <laughs> Spot on. Thank you. Well, and again, this is just how I live my business is what I say. And my employees are are very happy. Um, they contribute more, I believe. And then if there is a problem that I have that open communication and like Wendy said before, that we're being proactive. That's all part of employee you know, relations. It's not just about dealing with the problems afterwards when they arise, like Wendy said earlier, but it's also being proactive, establishing and maintaining that culture too, so that employees feel comfortable talking to you, that they want to come to you. Another interesting fact that we have here is most experts do recommend bringing on a full-time human resource staff member when there's at least 10 employees within the company. Do you agree with that? So uh, let me take a shot at this. Do I agree with it? And is it going to happen or two different things? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Wendy, I agree with you actually on that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, realistically, I'll tell you, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, I'm an HR consultant. Um, I do a lot of training, um, but I have clients that just don't have HR and they may never because they only have 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 employees. Uh, it depends on the organization. It depends on what they do. It depends on their uh, their turnover. And, you know, turnover isn't always, I mean, turnover is a bad thing, but I have always hesitate to judge a company based on their turnover. So, it depends on the industry, it depends on, you know, literally the zip code um, and, and things like that. I would say most companies I know bring them on when there's about 50 employees. And then other ones drag them till there's 80. <laughs> I've seen that too. Yeah, I've seen it go to about 100. And then finally, oh, the light bulb goes off. We better get somebody in here. Um, yeah. Yeah, but- I would I would say at a minimum, you need to get a consultant, even if it's at your benefits broker. But let's face it, if you only have 10 employees, you're probably not going to have health insurance at, at a company rate. But figure out something, whether it's HR systems, HR vendors, HR consultants, being part of an HR association, going to conferences, reading a book, doing something <laughs> about HR. So you can say, OK, we can't just wing it anymore. We're, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. And even if we don't get ourselves in trouble, legally, you know, the CEOs, the the people that are running the ship are going to be like, I'm exhausted dealing with the employee relations issues all the time. And that's also when I see somebody waving the flag going, I need help. I need help. <laughs> Anything else to say there, Tina? Um, the only other thing is um, I wanted to add is 
making use of the resources. I've mentioned it before, but I think another thing that can be very helpful too is, um, for example, getting a SHRM membership. Um, that is a basic thing. And it's not a matter of you know having to be fully involved, but the SHRM website actually has a lot of templates and a lot of things that you can actually start on. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not trying to create a full on process. A lot of these like policies, procedures, um, employee handbook, those are all like created and the templates there, it's just a matter of according to your state laws and according to your company policies that you can kind of fill in the blank. So that's gonna help you to be more efficient and save time as well too. Excellent, thank you for that. We will be right back for episode four where we're going to be talking about how to set up HR in a small company. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.